Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everybody, welcome back to Talk with Screamers. I'm Sybil, I'm joined by Jake. Say hello, Jake. Hi guys, welcome back. Say hello, Jed. Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> right, so I just... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that's all I asked for. But uh, we need to go straight to the, uh, the the elephant in the room. So I clearly said that Man United would be getting a pasted this weekend by Leeds United. I was... Uh... I was a, I was proven a bit wrong by that. <laughs> I, bet, I think a bit wrong is a, an understatement, mate. I, I was I was I watched the first sort of like forty five minutes and the first goal win and I was like, oh, all right. And then they scored, a, you know, a minute later and I was like, oh, this is this is going bad. <laughs> and then it just sort of kept kept continuing, didn't it? Like the goals kept flying in, but what a game! It brilliant. Yeah. Oh, it was such a cracking watch. <laughs> just like the Leeds just refused to be like, oh, right, we're going to. We're going to concede a lot of goals here. <laughs> we just continue to just bomb forward. It was amazing. Like, like six two down, ninety second minute, and they're bombing up the pitch. Like what the fuck? What do you think is going to happen? Sit back. <laughs> <laughs> Park, <laughs> you know, should have parked the bus at fucking three, mate. <laughs> the weird, the weird thing about it as well is that Leeds are, are obviously proper going for it going forward, but when they were defending, they just seemed to sort of stand and watch Man United pass the ball around them. They start if you're um, already. Yeah, three or four nil down. You need to be throwing bodies behind the ball and things like that. It just didn't seem to be there. But great game to watch for the neutral. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, fa- um, I found that goals. strange the way that, like you say, they didn't close anyone down. They sort of just all, like you say, watched everyone sort of just playing the ball around. And that's I thought that was quite unleads like as well. They normally quite high pressing and you know quite you know man to man and and stick stick with their runners and stuff. But sort of like they sort of I feel like they threw a lot of their their tactics out of the window and just sort of thought. 
or just go forward. <laughs> and that was sort of it, really. The, yeah. I think like, United clearly took yeah. their goals well, but if you look at them, like, there's there's not a lot of challenging on the ball or, or trying to actually block the shots and things like that. It's a bit it's a bit of a weird one. But, yeah, like you say, tactics out the window a little bit. I liked a bit like um, rabbits in the head. Like, I don't think they expected United to start with anywhere near that intensity. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I certainly didn't. I don't think, I don't think United did. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Scottish International. Making me look like a fool. <laughs> like a fool. <laughs> yeah, he did make you look like a fool. Um, ah. I have got a forfeit planned for you, but we'll, that's for the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> when we've got a bit of free time. Because um, it was not a pasting. So you, my friend, owe the Screamers uh, forfeit. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, in terms of like, I think it might, I, I think it's like a tender for game of the season. Mm. Um I seen some miserable stuff on Twitter, like, oh, like, it wasn't a particularly good game of football and stuff like that. I was like, what the fuck game are you watching, man? Why, why, yeah. why do you watch football? <laughs> I know, it's like, some people are so hard to please. I always find that sort of social media fan the most critical. Um, and they, they're the ones that, like you say, if they don't find that a good game, then do they even watch and like football? Because that, to me, was, it was brilliant. It had everything that you would want in a football. Yeah, exactly. I think the only thing it was it was missing was, you know, more cards flying about and, you know, like a, a bit more sort of physicality in there. Um, like you said, it had pretty much everything else. Great game to watch for the neutral. I, I enjoyed it anyway. Um, not sure, as I say, where these people are, are coming from or coming out of the woodwork from if they didn't enjoy Is it that the, uh, Do you reckon it's the same result if there's 75,000 fans in Old Trafford? Because you know the way United have sort of been playing at home and, and things like that. Do you reckon it's still the same mm. result if there is a full full house in there? I don't know, really. Um, you could you could argue it either mm. way, couldn't you? Because if, if without the fans, they it almost feels like there's less yeah. pressure on them. Um, but would they be in that position without the fans, where they've not you know been winning games at home? Um, you, know, you, you don't you can't really say because uh, the crowd definitely play a part, especially at United yeah. as well. Um, and I think Leeds potentially you know would have been more up for it as well. Not that they weren't you know up for it enough going forward but with their fans in there it would have given them a bit of a boost as well and a bit of a lift particularly when they conceded the early goals so um, it's it's a difficult difficult one to say I'm going to mm. sit on the fence on that one <laughs> I thought uh, Scott McTominay put in the kind of pop I know he scored the first two goals but even outside that um, his performance was really 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 complete it was as, it was as good a performance from mm. a Manchester United midfielder I've, I've probably seen in the past sort of two years or so I know obviously when people think of the Man United box to box type midfielder they think of um, Paul Pogba and they, normally people think of Scott McTominay more as a ball winning midfielder sort of like you know, he's, got, he's, quite, he's going to be quite tall, he's going to sit quite deep and he's going to allow Bruno Fernandes to move forward and allow maybe Fred to get a wee bit forward as well, same with Paul Pogba when they're, when they're both on the pitch. Um, but what I will say is Paul Pogba has put in nowhere near as complete a performance as Scott McTominay did um, in that game. Absolutely. Graham Souness over there. <laughs> I know, yeah, the old Pogba hater. Um, but no, I, I agree. I thought McTominay was brilliant. And then getting those two goals early on as well, like what a boost to his confidence. And then it just showed for the rest of the game that he was so up for that. Like, And he, he played so well. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he had a good game as well. I thought the first goal obviously mm. he took well. It's a great finish, sort of drilled it into the bottom corner. But the second goal for me was the better one. The little through ball, I think it was Martial played it through and he sort of done a little step over and then just tucked it away into the corner. Great goal. So really sort of composed finish, um, which 
you didn't you wouldn't really expect him to have in the locker um because in that position he normally plays in like you say he does normally tend to sit back and that's the impression that that I personally get from him as well so um yeah I thought he had a really good game looked really confident and um he's definitely a, a prospect isn't he even though he's he's sort of been in and around the first team at United for a while now but I think going forward he could he could stay there and, and be a great player for them Absolutely. It was sort of by like unfortunate circumstances that he kind of broke into the Man United team. It wasn't really, I don't want to say it was massively on merit, but if Man United would have had a midfield of old or, or like similar to the mid, midfields that Man United mm. have had in the past, they probably wouldn't get anywhere near it. Mm. But the fact that he's been able to break in and then develop the way he has done, um, and he, like, because he keeps getting better and better, um, especially from his from his earlier performance, and he does look like a staple, and he kind of looks maybe like first name on the team sheet for Man United at the minute because it's good to have those players. You always know what you're going to get. You always know what you're going to get for Scott McTominay, um, and and a team that's playing fairly inconsistent. You know that that consistency can help um, turn around, and you know who knows what, what like goals change games. Who knows what way that that game would have went had Scott McTominay not scored twice in the first three minutes. Yeah. Um, Mm. I thought it was interesting to see Dan James back on a football pitch as well. Scored as He's, well, didn't he? So. Yeah, scored as well. Yeah, uh, I thought he's still sort of lacking technical ability. The boy can. <laughs> The boy can run. I thought his, his finish was taken really quite well. <laughs> well, Melee should probably do a little bit better. Um, but it was a couple of times I seen a bomb on. He tried to cross it cross field, and it was just nowhere near anybody. And you could yeah. start, you start like seeing that he's still lacking technical ability, but his his physicals are just like so 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 good. I mean, like there's there's not many players in the Premier League that be able to keep up with Dan James in a foot race. Oh, definitely. I, he's still a young player as well. Don't forget. Um, I think that. If he works on that that technical ability, that that final sort of pass or, or finish, um, yeah, he could be a one hell of a player. Um, a weird sort of career he's had at United so far, isn't it? As well, because he sort of broke when he first signed. They they put him straight in the team, and he was doing really well. And then after that, completely fell off. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how his season pans out as well. Given that he's you know had, had a decent enough game. Uh, I feel like so. he, he almost needs um, a loan move, doesn't he? In a loan move, just to sort of to a, um, you know a lower te- a team lower down in the league, I think would probably suit him to get him used to the physicality of the league and the speed of the Premier League. Um, I feel like that would probably set him up quite well, uh, and you know because he he's got the potential. He just needs to harness it, doesn't he? He just needs to be more consistent. But like you said, Jed, he's so young, isn't he? So to to. The only way he's going to get better is to play, and he's he's he scored at the weekend, so he's given Solskjaer a, a reason to pick him again. Well, I think I think he definitely mm. when when Man United set up to counter attack as he did in this game, um, obviously definitely suits a counter attacking side because mm. because just just based on his pace alone. But if they want to develop and sort of start to play with a lot of the ball, then that the pace is slightly less utilized. Um, and Marcus, like, if you're sacrificing a player of that's not really got a great technical ability out in the right hand side of the pitch, then you're probably, especially because Aaron Aaron Wan Pisaka doesn't really have too much going forward. He's all right going forward, but it's not too much. Then you kind of need to worry about how you're going to get the ball and switch the play over to Marcus Rashford. How you're going to feed it back in from for like a, a late run into the box from some. Bruno Fernandez, um, but yeah, if Man United are going to play counter attacking football, I, th- I definitely think he's a, he's a great choice, and they maybe don't have um, as many better options in the squad as, as Dan James if they're going to play in that manner. Yeah, I agree. 
Right, so where's my phone? <laughs> I've lost the fixture list. <laughs> yeah, Professional <laughs> conduct here at the Talk Screamers. Uh, Liverpool um, Palace. Yeah, Liverpool Palace. Did we not? Yeah, because. Yeah, Tight one, wasn't it? <laughs> not a lot, I know. <laughs> I know, yeah, like I was just saying to the lads here before we started. <laughs> <laughs> we all predicted this is quite a close game, didn't we? And one or two goals in it, but I mean, how very wrong we were. 7 0 to Liverpool. No one <laughs> predicted that, guarantee it. Um, but I mean, what what a performance from Liverpool and, you know, seven different players assisting as well. Um, what do you make of the goals, lads? What do you make of the game overall? I don't... Do you know what? I, I think we were nearly right in that Palace had mm. some chances. Towards the you know in the first half, if they'd have taken them, it would have been a different story, I think. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, Liverpool showed their class. Um, it, it's definitely shone through. You know who the better side is there, um, and I thought the goals were all taken pretty well. Um, I liked Firmino's first goal. It just seemed like a you know it seemed like a quite an easy finish. Um, it sort of floated a ball through from I think it was mm. Robertson on the left, and he came through the middle, um, had acres of space, but then had to tuck it away into the bottom corner. I thought well, that was a good. What goal. I loved about um, that goal um, was the the way he started it, you know, in the middle of his own half, and then the the mm. pace that he showed to keep up with everyone else and get forward, and then the finish as well. Like so much space, but what a finish as well! And I thought all the goals were really, really good from Liverpool. You know, they were all either good team goals, like you say that Firmino goal, or or Henderson and Salah's goal that were um, great individual strikes, um, especially Salah's second goal. It was brilliant. Um, as soon as yeah, it left his boot, I was I was like, it's going, and then it did. And it was. It, I feel like it's literally been... a, a carbon copy of his goal against Chelsea last season. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> literally, like you change the colour of the shirts, it's the, it's the exact same goal. That's what I mean. But yeah, it's only only one outcome really in that sort of situation, ain't there? And when there's a player like Salah on the ball and he's he's looking for that top corner, it's gonna he's gonna find how the top much corner. space that they allowed him to cut inside and, and strike the ball as well. Yeah, you know, like you say, you got a player of Salah's quality, and you're giving him literally the time that he wants to set himself mm. and strike it. And there's, like you say, there's only one option when that's going in. And it, well, it did it went in. I reckon if if it had been nil nil at that yeah. point, potentially that's they would have closed it, it him down. Six nil at that point, well, yeah, isn't it? six six nil down. They thought, you know, <laughs> they're, they're going to get nothing out of the game anyway. Um, <laughs> I think potentially it would have been different if you had it been earlier on, but. Um, like you say though I mean if you give him that sort of space you know where you know where the ball is going to end up um, I thought Mane took his goal brilliant quite well Mane, wasn't it? as well it was, seemed like a typical sort of Mane finish where he's he's seen the gap and he's hit it and you know, found the net um, he wasn't too happy coming off either in the second half they never half, are they? Never, they, they really never are you know I mean they kind of want to play they, they do want to play like 60 games a season but it's just just not possible <laughs> it's just it's absolutely just not possible I mean I think it was a really really good you know sort of decision to get him off and uh, and rotate them uh, what I will say is um, that's what I've been wanting for Liverpool from yeah. Liverpool for the past sort of few months uh, is to revert back to that play and I really did think they weren't they weren't playing in that manner. They weren't cutting inside a lot. They weren't you know utilizing counter attack. And sometimes it when there was opportunities to counter attack, they would sort of play it sideways and then try and play a possession based game. Mm. Uh, I was really 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 happy to see them playing that sort of manner. And I, I'm glad to see these crosses from deep. I've, Literally yeah. been nipped to the bud uh, because they were just mm. they were just no good to anybody. You know, what I mean, the the, front, the only the only player with with height in the front 
the normal front sort of three is, is Bobby Firmino, Salah and Mane. Don't, they get headed goals occasionally, but it's normally <laughs> off the back of like a, a cross. It just comes across like that that no one can see. Um, but we were just sitting with a ball and, and crossing from deep into the box. It's getting absolutely nowhere with it. So I'm glad I've actually switched to play um, yeah. and tried something different. It was great to see, uh, obviously, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain come back as well, wasn't it, from his injury? Um, it's good to see him get on and he got an assist as well, so... You know, I, I think he's a he's a player that is a big. He's quite. A, he's, got, he's a really good player. I really rate Oxley Chain, um, and he offers something different to Liverpool. He offers that sort of a bit of driving force from midfield and someone that will get the ball and attack. And you know, he can slot into the front three as well. I really like him. So it was good to see him back. Good to see him back in the action. Um, and Minamino as well. He started, didn't he, instead of Salah. Um, which was a bit of a shock, I think, to a few people. Um, but he fully justified his performance, didn't he? He obviously scored the open goal. And I thought all, his all-round play was brilliant from Minamino. Do you not think his goal was really Salah-esque? Mm. Yeah. Really, really Salah-esque. You know, so he's taken the ball, he's taken a great touch, and he's picked his spot in a way that kind of like took me back to Salah like 17-18 sort of season when he yeah. was scoring all those goals um, within the box, yeah. just just being absolutely like second to none with the ball at his feet and then picking his spot. It was good to see, it was good to see Minamino um, start the game well, because obviously it is. There's a lot of expect if, if you, you're taking off for one of the best players in the world, there's a lot of expectation that comes with that. Yeah. Um, and it's good to see him deliver it. And I'm glad I'm seeing competition for places in the, in the front, um, the front end of Liverpool, because it's kind of pushed Bobby Firmino back into good form, I think. I think it's been a, definitely a factor is that they were starting to realise that the, competi- the competition was getting stiffer. Um, it wasn't just Shakiri who was obviously frequently injured, or Dib Okarigi, who mm. doesn't really doesn't really slot into Klopp's playing style. So you kind of you kind of feel a little bit safe in your position on the pitch. Uh, he definitely doesn't have that anymore because he's got there is Minamino and Diego Jota when he comes back, and he will be back in a, mm. in a matter of weeks. And competitions for places will rise again. So. Yeah, it's good to it's good to see that Liverpool are heading in the right direction. Um, they definitely, with that performance, maybe lay down a marker to to remind people just how good they can be. Mm. Yeah, I think that's exactly it, Simo. Um, after the game, I heard somebody say that that performance was like a, a statement of intent from Liverpool. Uh, obviously, top of the league, and they've played like not only champions, but they're obviously also contenders for the league again this year. Um, and yeah, as I say, it's definitely. I, believe, I think it is definitely a statement intent, uh, statement of intent from them. Um, if they yeah can pull out that sort of performance, then other teams are right to, to sort of fear them. Um, yeah, it's definitely more of the Liverpool of last season. Uh, I think from what we've seen there. Yeah, great stuff in Liverpool. Klopp and Jordan Henderson didn't want to get too carried away in their post-match interviews. Hmm. Um, one of the pundits pointed out uh, that this is kind of what they started to do last season was just really start downplaying. Absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, even though if they go, they go like smash, you know, really hard side or, or a side that's in good form, they would still play it down after the match. Just say one, one game at a time. You know, we're not expecting anything. We just take it one game at a time. And I think we'll probably see those sort of interviews maybe for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> but a game I want to go to now is one that I really, really enjoyed, which was um, Southampton, Man City. Southampton, so, so close. So, so close. They played so well against Man City. And I really do feel like they deserve something from the game. Um, just on the back how good they were. I think had Danny Ings not come off, mm. uh, they probably would have got something from the game. Injured again, isn't he, Ings? They reckon he's out. Um, they don't know how long he's going to be out for so that's 
that's obviously so disappointing, Southampton. But like you say, um, I thought, yeah. The, yeah, like Southampton were really unlucky. Um, they, yeah, City just didn't really look on the ball, did they, at all, that game again. But, you know, they keep grinding results out. They're sort of showing Liverpool form from last season again, you know, that not playing great, but grinding results out, which is so important in, in football when you are particularly playing well. You've still got a you've still got a grind results out, haven't you? Yeah. Um I think it's it's a good result for Man City, to be honest, going there and grinding out a, a one nil win. Um like you say, Southampton were unlucky not to to at least get a point out of the game. Um and at the moment Obviously, with City not playing their, their best football, I think they, they can be really pleased with that that result, to be honest. Um, Ings getting injured, as you say, is a big blow for Southampton as well because he adds so much to the team in terms of like goal threat. Um, so it be interesting to see how they bounce back from this, I guess, in the next game. But uh, yeah, I think if I was if I was Pep, um, while it may not have been the best City performance, he'll have been delighted to, to come out of that with three I points, think he'll feel fortunate, to be honest. And I don't think... Um, but Southampton will, will, will react in a negative way, just the sheer fact that they performed well against Man City and held their own. Um, they know the system really, really well now, and I think they're really, really, to a man, they, they know the exact role on the pitch in, in that 4-4-2. Um, I wouldn't mm. say it's a traditional 4-4-2, although it's a lot of simplistic um, play. There's still quite a lot of like high intensity to it. Like It still is a bit of a gagging press, sort of like, mm. you know, uh, I mean, they, they used to call ha- Hasenhutl the, the Austrian Klopp because they both favoured this really, really high press and really intense sort of football. And I still think you can see the roots of that in Southampton's 4-4-2. Uh, it doesn't in any way sort of shape up to like um, like when Sheffield play the play the uh, 4-4-2 or uh, Burnley play the 4-4-2. Mm. It's not in that same manner. I think it's just, that's just the shape of the side. I think it's still very like high press. And I think having players like Romeo that can sort of like dominate a midfield on his own and then kind of free up Ward Prowse to go and to go and play on. I think that's just it's just so 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 effective at like providing overloads into the into the block into the box and stuff like that. I think yeah, I think Southampton will carry on a good form and they'll, they'll react positively this just because they know they were so so close. Um, the only thing I will mention is when Hassan Hutton made changes, he opted for for youngsters over experience. Mm. Probably could have brought Shane Long on, I think. Maybe if he brought Shane Long on, it would have been a different way. I think it was unfortunate the fact he took Gineppo off, who was really, really effective in the match, and brought Nathan Redman on, who's normally very good, but he just he wasn't at he wasn't at it in that match, and he kind of became a passenger in that game. It made it much much harder for Saints. Uh, but yeah, Pep, I think yeah, grinding out results, play bad, get three points. No one remembers. No one remembers a match in a week time. No one remembers the three points. Yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying about the the press there, Simon, as well. I think it's it, they do it really well at Southampton, and as you say, the, the players seem to know the system pretty well. Um, Obviously, with Hasn Hurtle's subs, it's it's a gamble, isn't it, bringing the youth on? But, I mean, if, if he thinks that's the best way to go about it and sort of blood the youngsters into the team, um, then then why not? I, I think if it, if those sort of players, if, if you're developing them in the system, then games like that would probably be a good experience for them. Um, you know, I, I think, as, as you mentioned, you know, they, they were unlucky, but... I, I definitely think they'll bounce back from it. Um, hope, hopefully, obviously, they can continue it because it's good to see a, a team like Southampton doing so well in the league. Obviously, not one of the so-called big boys. Uh, just sort of shakes things up a little bit, doesn't it? It makes it a difficult place for teams like Man City to go. So, um, yeah, hopefully, they'll, they'll bounce yeah, back. Long may it continue. Uh, over to 
Everton Arsenal. Are Arsenal going down this year or what? Are they going down? I think they're going down, man. <laughs> Burnley's on an upturned form. <laughs> they, um... Um, obviously, West Brom are going to be safe, even though Big Sam lost. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> Burnley, you know, I think, I think Arsenal are going down, boys. <laughs> Do you know what? As as bad as it sounds, I would love to yeah. see it happen. Um, not not that I've you know I don't have anything against Arsenal, and and obviously. It would be a massive disaster for you know, for their fans and things like that for them to go down. But how incredible would it be to see a, a club of that size get relegated? I mean, it doesn't happen in this country. It it just it just doesn't happen in like in, in, to be fair in a lot of countries. Although you know, here it's just really really rare, isn't it, for sort of for a massive massive club like that to go down? And they're in real danger of it as well. Um, we were speaking the other day about whether you stick with Arteta or not. And having watched that game the other day, I don't know whether his whether it's him, you know, setting the team up this way, or but but it seemed like they didn't really want to play until they'd gone one 0 down, and that's not really a recipe for, for success, is it? It's not going to keep you up playing football like that. So uh, they need to they need to sort themselves out, don't they? Otherwise, you know, they they will you know end up being in a relegation battle. I think. Do you know what? Like the more the more I watch of Arsenal, I think the worse they get as well. They just <laughs> like they were. <laughs> They had a few good flashes against Everton, didn't they? But for the majority of that game, absolutely dog shit, I thought. Um, you know, they got a penalty. I mean, the penalty was just, I think, a bit of inexperience on Tom Davies's part and not looking. Situational awareness was shocking, wasn't it? And he's just, like, eyes fixed on the ball and he's obviously gone to boot the ball. And um, he's booted. He's booted. Uh, obviously, he's been with the Arsenal man and giving away the penalty. But I thought Arsenal were were shite in that game again. <laughs> like not, I don't think there's another way to put it. Um, you know, they were, they were, they were, they were awful. You know, they don't really seem to start playing until they're losing a game and there's five minutes to go. I don't think he's the right man for a job. No, I'm gonna. Get, I just, I just don't believe. I just don't. I don't believe nothing. Nothing about what I'm seeing on the pitch says it is he's the right man for the job. I think maybe they need a sterner hand. They need a sterner hand to come in and steady the ship and get you know a tune out the players. And even if it's not like they go back to playing like the beautiful game or whatever, they, they just start getting mm. points on the board. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the longer they leave it, I mean, and Arteta just keeps to say, all, all I'm getting is that they're, they're backing me. And I'm thinking, yeah. but if, right, say the worst comes to worst, right, and, and Arsenal do go into the championship, right, how the fuck are they going to run that club at, on the on the costs? <laughs> because fucking Ozil was done <laughs> 350 grand a week. Yeah. Fucking Obama Yang's near, near about 300 a week. And then that's not even going down the list of the players they've got. Exactly. I mean, and how the stadium can you play? still how, paying off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, still paying off the stadium. Fucking Pepe's on huge money. I mean, how are they going to fucking pay these players? And the thing is, as well, how can the, you have any, oh, any single one the player? The problem they'll have as well they're... if they do get relegated is that no one will buy the players for the money that they want because you know at the end Arsenal will yeah. have to sell for for peanuts. Effectively, you know, if they wanted to recoup some of that Pepe money back, no chance. If they get relegated to the Championship, absolutely no chance because people are going to go yeah, either sell him absolutely. to us or you keep him and you know you go into massive amounts of debt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think I think if they if they wanted to sell Pepe in January, they probably wouldn't yeah, get half that money back for it. Um, but yeah, look, going down, obviously they'd have to have a massive massive sale, clear mm-hmm. out the whole squad because n- none of those players are going to want to play in the championship help. anyway. Um, and obviously it'd be a great opportunity for the the younger players coming through at Arsenal uh, who who do look I think quite promising. Like Enketia, for example, looks like a good player, but. Um, yeah, that's not a position that that you'd expect them to be in. You know, if they if they go down, obviously they'd they'd all get thrown in the first team and potentially couldn't work with that either. Um, 
So it, it would be really interesting um, to see what would happen and who they'd bring in. Would they bring in, you know, like championship journeyman? Could you see Lewis Grabnock from the <laughs> Arsenal shirt? Maybe like it could. Like it's um, it's it's ridiculous to Not think anymore. about, isn't it? But I mean, who who do you bring in? So so much trouble, right? Because like, let me ask you, who's who's coming in for David Luiz? Who's coming in for who's coming in for William? You know what I mean? Exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah. I think they'd all end up going, you know, overseas, yeah. when they probably like. Somewhere like Roma or you know, uh, some somewhere abroad. I can't see any, anyone in England going. Like, ask you both a question now. Who who replaces Arteta at Arsenal? Who do they get in to replace that manager? Sean Dyche. <laughs> Dyche. No, Why he's not leave Burnley. Not leaving Burnley for Arsenal. <laughs> Burnley are a much bigger club than Arsenal. <laughs> that's what I, that's the clip for this episode by the way it's, just, it's not even going to be long but it's just you said Burnley's a much bigger club than us <laughs> but seriously though who, who, who comes in for Arsenal to save their season who replaces Arteta in January, February when he gets when he gets sacked Sean it's a really Dave. really difficult question <laughs> It's, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of a, a genuine a sort of logical yeah. answer, and um, to be honest, like, I'm I'm struggling at this point uh, because it's a sinking ship, at the minute, isn't it? And would somebody would somebody really want to go in there? Like Eddie Howe, obviously, is unemployed. I think he'd take the job. But if they were to go after someone who's who's in a job at the minute in the Premier League, I don't think anyone would leave Absolutely. them to go there. Apart from uh, maybe maybe Chris Wilder, if he wants to jump <laughs> shit, but like, it's not really um, there's not really anyone you can sort of pluck out. Maybe Sean Dyche is, is a shout. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Arsenal traditionally play four four two, didn't they? So it could work. I mean, he just brings a whole gang with him. You know, Tarkovsky, Ben Mee, ben Mee. Ashley Bards, Chris Wood. You know, he's bringing the full gang as well. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> he's not really been back to Burnley, and he's been asking for money for quite a while. And I think he's probably due. You know, like if he's going to stay at Burnley, then he's probably due like a couple of players. I mean, I mean, nobody's done what he's done. Like with the resources they have in the Premier yeah. League, I've seen I've seen managers be far greater. I watched Fulham come up a, a, a couple of years ago, spend a hundred million off the back and get nowhere absolutely mm. near the mark, absolutely nowhere near the mark. Uh, but I've seen Sean Dice just, you know, I've seen they've 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 gone into Europe, they've, they've they accomplished that a few years ago. Um, they're consistently surviving. Obviously, these um, rocky starts are becoming more kind of frequently um, happening to them in the seasons, and they're not exactly. They're not exactly turning the heads with the football they're playing, but mm. at the end of the day, you know, I mean, they say Burnley, Burnley is a self, a self, um, a self-sufficient club, so they, they they only spend the money they make. But I don't think they even fucking spend the money they make. I, I mean, like they they're getting a hundred million a year yeah. for being in the Premier League, and they've been in the Premier League for fucking years now. Put a fucking bit of it back into the squad. You know, what <laughs> I, mean? I can't see, I can't see Dice living in London though. Can you? Not with those prices for a pint of lager. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> Absolutely what? no chance. He wouldn't pay that. He wouldn't move down there. Fucking, fucking four pound. <laughs> no chance. No chance Dyson's nah, going down there. I think uh, he's he's probably comfortable, isn't he? Um, although, like, you can't, to be fair, I mean, investing in the squad in Burnley is, is, is tricky, though, because Sean Dyson seems to me like he only wants to bring in British players. There's only so many you can yeah. go after. British so, players are cheap as fuck, um, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, no need to invest in the squad. I feel, I feel like the the job. Someone like Eddie Howe, who knows the Premier League, and you know, I know he he obviously got relegated last season, but I felt like that was a bit of a an arc that was happening with Bournemouth. You know, they'd struggled and got worse every season. No real 
Yeah. Eddie, you know, he definitely made some bad decisions. Some of the signings he made atrocious and the money he spent. But potentially at a club like Arsenal, I know he's linked to the job a while ago as well, when Emery and, and, and stuff came in and they were sort of looking at him as Wenger, potential replacement for Wenger. Um, I feel like that could be quite a good job for Eddie Howe um, to come back into. To sort of, absolutely. That'd be a great job for him. I think I think it'd be a great job. Um, obviously, he did a really good job at Bournemouth as well over the, the time mm. he was there. With Eddie Howe, I think if you give him the Arsenal job, you have to give him at least two or three years in that job to be able to mm. to build you know the team that he wants and get on playing the, the football he up. wants to as well. Would he be Would he be the right person to keep yeah. him up? For me, I mean, yeah. Pro- yeah, possibly, possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, it'd be interesting, but again, you know, I'd, I'd personally I'd love to see it go to like a, a Premier League staple. Or someone like Mark Hughes <laughs> somehow looks his way into the Mark job. Imagine the scene. Maybe, maybe Moyes. Maybe oh, Moyes, Moyes that's for Arsenal. Right, it'd be Can you imagine <laughs> Arsenal fan TV as the announcement comes in? The new manager, Mark Hughes. Can you imagine the scenes? Oh, if I mean, that DT, happened, DT, it'd be absolutely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no reason all day. I mean it's just it's just getting better and better and more delicious and more delicious I love it <laughs> it's my favourite my favourite thing to watch is Arsenal what, there's TV some real characters on there lives. in there and you just look at it and you think you've got issues like that 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 ties yeah. he's about 55 the, years um... old he's decked out in all the clobber and <laughs> He's got about five sets of headphones on that don't work, and you're like, "What are you doing, you?" <laughs> like fucking awful, is though. Don't if, yeah. if they if they get relegated, if they get relegated, they've just got a bin off Arsenal fan TV, haven't they? Surely, because how are they going to be Imagine, able to keep that up? With, they can barely keep it going. The last game of the season, they need to stay up. They need to win but... to stay up. You've got all the Arsenal fan TV oh. there, and they lose. There's a lot of there's a lot of the Arsenal great escape in that, yeah. that sort of night. In there. Like at least at least. At least eight people are killed in the mob. You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I should probably cut that in case it happens. <laughs> hey, you predicted it. Uh, we can't help it. We can't help Jesus. it. Jesus, can't help it. Just... Well, to be to be fair, I mean, I think we showed the other day our predictions aren't really. Yeah. Uh, I'm really de- destined to no. come true. But there won't, yeah, no. won't be eight people. There'll be eighty people. <laughs> we have really undersold it. Be a pasty. <laughs> Played it down. Um, just going, just going briefly back to Eddie Howe. My only criticism of him would be that he kind of has a way of alienating his best players. Hmm. I think when he alienated like Ryan Fraser, who got like fucking how many assists in the previous season to what they were relegated, like sixteen or something like that. I was like, well, that's fucking sixteen goals you're missing. Then he kind of alienated Callum Wilson. It should have just let him go to Man United when Man United came in for him. They should have just cut a deal and reinvested the money because Wilson had zero interest in playing for Eddie Howe. Um, afterwards, obviously, I mean, we're now seeing how good he is at Newcastle. You know what I mean, and, do you know what? He's a good cover boy for a team that that, that fans can get behind because he's just he's just a beautiful man. <laughs> just do you know what I mean? He's just <laughs> absolutely bleeding gorgeous. Um, to, uh, uh, and definitely sells a few shirts, sells a few posters, and that. I mean, yeah. I think the writing was on the wall when Bournemouth were going down. I mean, they were just playing some right awful football. The play, a lot of the players looked sort of alienated that it kind yeah. of fell out with. Um, and those were those were the personalities of a team like Bournemouth. You go to Arsenal, and he's got to deal with personalities like Ozo and Ozo and Willian and Aubameyang and Pepe and fuck it. You know, what I mean, all these players that are just on so much fucking money that it, it 
let's be honest, if they don't play if they don't play for six months, so they they're not really that fucking ass because that's just the way it is. Week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're still earning the wage. This this is what I meant when I, I, I said you know you'd have to give them you'd have to give them a, you know a couple of years to sort of flush out all that that yeah. in the squad and and get in who he wants. I think that's why I think it'd be more of a commitment to a project if you brought Howe in. Um, in the short term, I think he'd probably give the youngsters a lot a lot of football as well, like Arteta's yeah. doing at the minute. Um, and they, because they have got talent there, but yeah, it'd be it'd be really interesting to see what would happen. Um, but you're right in saying, you know, what about Bournemouth? They would were destined to go down with that that situation there. But um, I think for them as well, they they have just enjoyed the time they had up in the Premier League, and we'll hope they can just get back there one day. Uh, but yeah, that club's gone from from being nowhere, you know, ten fifteen years ago to to being in the Premier League. Um, I think they've just been grateful for, yeah, for the yeah. chance to be there, and obviously stayed there for a, for a good few years as well. So um, shame about you know Eddie Howe having to leave though after building all that up. I, I think that was a, it was a sort of a long term attachment, and it really should have made the adult decision and got someone got someone in that could have kept him in the Premier League, and then you sort of build from there. Um, it's mm. it's hard to be sentimental in football because you know there's a lot in line. You know, it's it's all the staff's careers, it's all the players' careers. You know what I mean? And just because just because you've, you're you're grateful for what a manager's done to the club um, doesn't mean that they you know I mean you should you should reward them and and poor performance. I mean the the writing was on the ball was on the wall for for Eddie for for a long yeah. time last season. That kind of said it spelled you're going down. Um, they could have probably they, they might have if they got like a big salmon or five fighter manager in they probably could have you know they probably could have. I feel up. like they needed that though they needed to go down and rebuild again and clear out a lot of that dead wood and sort of rebuild. But going back to Arsenal, you have to Burnley it's just winning so much wrong Burnley winning tonight as well. Uh, yeah, there's just that club is in ter- it's in real real trouble, isn't it? There's a lot of things going wrong, and you know, do you bring Erzul back in January? You know, is that a solution potentially for Arsenal, or is it if you know, is it another issue if they bring him back? Is it another problem that they've got to manage? I think it causes more problems than it solves because he's just such a big name that like. All everybody wants to talk about is Ozo. Mm. And just leaving him out of the squad kinda like he kinda shut down a lot of that talk and the only question people would ask and they're like, Oh, he can bring he can bring in what Arsenal are missing. I mean, probably not, you know, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think he bring I don't think he brings a solid centre half performance to the game. Um to be honest. Just, just, <laughs> he doesn't bring a work rate either, does he? Do you know what I mean? You're sacrificing yeah, Bob, a work rate. No, exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's one of the things about Arsenal at the minute, isn't it? They're not really. They don't look like they're going out there and and running they're their not playing for the, the shirt team, at all. Which is yeah, which is which is what you know you'd expect from from players at a, a club like that. So I don't think Ozil would add that to the team. He adds quality going forward. They've but already is, got quality going forward yeah. when they want to turn. Is that up, old so. style number ten? He's like, I'm just going to stand here and wait for the ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like, like saying, to you know, actually go and get the ball. <laughs> like you said, Jed, it's well, it's it's when he can be bothered to do it as well because there's a lot of the time that you can see that he can't be asked and he sort of walks around the pitch and he isn't really bothered and he's quite happy to sort of let the game get by him and I, th- I like, like you say I don't think he's a solution I think the solution for Arsenal is in 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 the summer they need to get rid of a lot of that deadwood in that squad and clear that wage bill because that is a, is an extortionate wage bill that they've got going on uh, and they need to rebuild and they need to start you know blooding these youngsters more and giving them a bigger opportunity and, and getting some players in that actually want to play for the club and not just happy to collect, you know, 150 grand plus a week, which, you know, some of the players that they've got in, you look at the contracts and you just think there's a reason that, you know, Chelsea were letting these people go and stuff like that. 
There's a reason yeah. they were doing that. There was a reason they were happy to let them go. It's because yeah. of the the reasons we're seeing Definitely, now, yeah. you know, with I William mean, and. But yeah. if you want to play at the level of Chelsea, the, 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 there's not much point in taking on their their free agents. And I know we've seen mm. good free agents before. James Milner was a free agent to to Liverpool. That worked out fucking well. But for every James Milner, there's ten fucking um, <laughs> Williams. Ten, yeah, ten Williams. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But for me, Arsenal just need uh, probably, like you said, boys, they need to, they need to start rebuilding. Um, I don't think Arteta, I mean, give it to a manager that's rebuilt something before or built anything or just done anything in management, quite frankly. Mm. I mean, they, I grant, he was, granted he was Pep's assistant and he was a footballer, so obviously he understands the running, the, how a football. But still, I mean, I, I wouldn't put fucking the faith of my entire club if I was a club owner in, in, the, in, the, in the hands of a new manager for a rebuilding for a, when you clearly when it's clearly obvious you need to start rebuilding yeah I have no idea why they did it I mean it, it should have been the other way around Carlo Ancelotti should have been at Arsenal Michael Arteta should have been at Everton obviously yeah. Everton have profed they're building something mm. really really special if they could if they carry on the trajectory they'll be they'll be playing Champions League football in three to four years if they, give, if they back Ancelotti completely, and that could have been Arsenal, but they, they skimped on it because they didn't want to pay Ancelotti's wages, I'm assuming. I, I, don't think, I don't think Ancelotti would have hesitated to have got rid of some of those That's players That's the difference, either, I think, um, yeah. Had he got Ancelotti would have turned up there and he'd have gone, you, you, you and you, get out. And he'd have got rid of them and he'd have brought in players that would have worked. Yeah. And you see that Everton and Everton, you know, they're really turning the corner and I, th- I feel like the way they're playing and, and the squad that he's building at Everton, it's an exciting time for Everton fans and I've spoke to a few of my family members who are Evertonians and they're 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 buzzing. They you know they can't believe they can't believe for starters they got Ancelotti, you know, and, and they can't believe yeah. that he's rebuilt this club and is making them consistently play football again and you know they're on the upwards trajectory and some of the players that he's brought in, they you know, Everton fans are in a bit of a, a bit of a wonderland at the moment and you know they're I mean turning to a real threat, Everton. He's given the board like reasons to back him as yeah. well. It's like well, it's his like, track like, record as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, because everybody yeah. was like, I was just yeah, say. "Has James Rodriguez still got it?" Yeah. Oh, apparently yes. Every time I watch him, every time I watch him, he's absolutely spectacular. I mean, he must see the pitch like, see, like when you're playing football manager, you just see the dots in the screen, and you can see like where everybody is. <laughs> That's how he sees the picture in my mind. Because I'm like, how the fuck has he picked that pass? Yeah, <laughs> but that position. I mean, he's just a special, special player. The uh, Curry as well has obviously worked out superbly. Alan, I mean, has he even failed? Has any of the signings he's brought in even remotely failed? I don't think so. Um, no, I, I, and I don't how, think so. How, uh, how strong would Arsenal be with Thomas Rodriguez, the Curry, and Alan and Thomas in party? Yeah. Exactly. I, I think a manager like Ancelotti has a big impact on a team, not just because of, obviously of the way he manages, but like like Jake said, like his track record. He's gone, you know, he's won Champions League, Premier League, he's won the you know Syria, all that. He's got such a a big uh, pedigree there. I think playing, getting the chance to play for yeah. a manager like him would probably inspire players alone. If he went into somewhere like Arsenal, I think that would have that would have really worked for them. And obviously, he's showing at Everton at the minute, those players are probably just happy to be playing for him and would you know will go out there and run through brick walls because they want to be in his team. Yeah. Um, it's a massive coup for them bringing him in, when, like when they brought him in, and um, obviously they're reaping the rewards for it now as well. So they absolutely are. Fair play to them. Um, just want to go quickly to Brighton Sheffield. 
It was a fairly dull affair, affair, to be honest. Apart from all the, 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 the red cards and yellow cards, I thought that was quite amazing. Um, <laughs> Sheffield are going down, in my they opinion. <laughs> they had to, I said, I said they, it before, um, they had to win that match. They absolutely had like a draw, a point, a loss was just unacceptable. Um, I think it was quite foolish uh, of uh, Lynch to go and get himself sound off. Oh, they should have should get the three points, and they didn't. And I think they're going down. They will start to pay for this. Yeah, they're they're down. It's a it's a weird one for them. I think. Yeah, I, I think they they yeah. could have won the game. Uh, they had chances to win the game and didn't take them, and equally could have lost the game as well. Like towards the end, the red card was a little bit of uh, yeah, a difficult one, I think, because from I've, I've seen it, and he sort of puts his foot up to win the ball, and he does get a touch on the ball first, but because his foot's up there and makes contact, it has to be a red card. Um, but it won't help them, definitely not to have you know. Obviously, Lundstrom's a player who, who gets in their side every week, so it definitely won't help them, you know, now to have him suspended. And um, yeah, like I say, Simo had to be a had to be a win for him. And obviously they've not they've not taken the chances. Um, didn't deserve the win in the end, but yeah, they're going <laughs> down. I agree. Didn't deserve it from that game, right? Over to what was I couldn't decide whether I liked this game or not. Spurs Leicester. Um, Leicester were back to playing um, some great football. Spurs were a little bit unfortunate, I think, in some in some periods. Uh, James Madison's offside as well, and this I was quite furious with because like, oh, his armpit hair was offside. Yeah, uh, I'm just so <laughs> sick of seeing them. I'm yeah. so sick of seeing them, and every time, yeah, do you know what I mean? I just feels like it's, I've watched that same goal like twenty times. So like, but how many how many goals have we <laughs> yeah. lost this season? Um, Definitely. My my first reaction yeah. was it was onside because I, I, I don't know whether the angle that they showed the replays from helped and whether the VAR had a different angle. Um, but it looked to me like he was onside or certainly level with the fullback. So he's un, he's really unlucky there. Um, Spurs didn't look great to be honest in in the game. They've they've let me down. Son and Kane have let me down <laughs> in the fantasy league, um, which I'm disappointed with because obviously they've yeah. been banging the goals in. Um, we were predicting you know it could either have been a you know like a, a draw or both teams going at it. It didn't really seem like Spurs went at it, and Leicester probably deserved the win. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think they were. I think the 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 Aldevero goal was was un, was unfortunate. Just one of those things. It could happen to really anybody that. I mean, he's doing his job. He is. He's, he's, he's matching mm-hmm. Vardy's run. He's kind of run. He showed Vardy um, into an awkward position that he's probably not able to score for. The thing that he's not taking into account is the complete shit housery of Jimmy Vardy. And I've zero <laughs> doubts that Jimmy Vardy absolutely meant to hit him yeah. <laughs> in Aldevero's <laughs> direction, just because that, that's the kind of shit house he is. Um, and that's why he's captain of my fantasy Premier League right now. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Harry Kane probably put in his weakest performance I've seen from him this season. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's just why they think. I think on a on an all day. I mean that penalty is so stupid that Sergio Ori, what the fuck oh, was yeah. he thinking? That was the yeah. stupidest thing <laughs> I've seen in a football pitch for a fucking very very long time. It's a, it's and he's a, just it's a foul anywhere on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I mean like he's just full on like he's just like. Oh, that, like, there's a, like, it's just about to go half time. <laughs> Fuck it. He's, he's, the, the player is, fa- I think it's Farfana. He just, he's facing away from goal on the edge of the box. There is yeah. zero danger. He's, he's, he's causing zero danger to, uh, to Spurs at that time. And he just fucking runs through him as if he's not there. He's gone right so through ridiculous. him as well, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like you say, it's ridiculous. And I don't know if he's watched that Spurs documentary and Mourinho said that he wasn't. You know, Aurier, he always feels like he can give away a penalty, and that was a prime example, wasn't it? Yeah. Of like, 
and nothing. There was nothing really on for the, the Leicester lad. And like I say, he's just gone through the back of him and given away a penalty. And you think, why did you do that? <laughs> I can, can absolutely guarantee Mourinho stood there and gone fucking hell <laughs> looking at that he what tells he him doing? in the, uh, in the like, documentary he literally points up in the, desk, uh, in the dressing room and says you're, you're, you're really capable of giving away a shit penalty Yeah. and I think fucking maybe he's watched it the night before and he's like oh I'll show you a shit fucking penalty I'll show you the, the worst penalty you've ever seen me. I'll, come, I'll fucking... show you back yeah and it, it is a wee bit of a shame for Serge because he, he obviously he's, a, he's, he's just a living meme at this point <laughs> Um, in, t- in terms of his yellow cards, his red cards, and the penalties he gives away, uh, and he, yeah, he's but he'd been is, so good for like quite a long time, for quite a for, for quite a lot of season, he's been really all, good. All he's done there, all he's done is just has to be dropped now because Mourinho is going to blatantly yeah. just drop him now for the next few games, and he's like, we don't need that in the team. I don't understand what's going through his head, to be honest, going in for yeah. that challenge. But yeah, um, like you say, he's got that in the got that in the locker, ain't he? And proved it. Mourinho was one hundred percent. Right well, maybe, him, he's, maybe he's just got plans for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas and he's got plans. He's just like, right, I'll have a red and I'll be dropped. Bam! <laughs> See you later. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't remember. I've seen such a... The last time I've seen such a ridiculous film in the penalty box. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, just to go around the other results, um, Villa beat West Brom very convincingly. Villa were very, very good in that game. Newcastle film drew. It was a snore fest. Um, and uh, Burnley got a good result against Wolves. It was thoroughly deserved, 2-1. Um, probably didn't need to give away the penalty for Wolves, but yeah, um, Burnley were really, really convincing in that game. Uh, Wolves probably should have played the three at the back because they just could not deal with the runs of uh, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes. Pretty, it's just pretty ridiculous like, <laughs> how often uh, the Burnley, the Burnley centre-backs could find them. Um, Chelsea are currently beating West Ham 3-0. No surprises there. No. Tam Abraham, yeah. And that's just about finishing the next 10 minutes. Yeah, Thiago Silva got his goal early. Tammy Abraham scored twice, um, twice in two minutes. Uh, But yeah, that's going to do it for the the Premier League review. And to add, boys? I just want to say from the Burnley game, um, I absolutely love the way that Chris Wood has just absolutely twatted the ball in for about two (laughs) yards for their their second goal. There's there's no need. He's He's beat the keeper to it. But he's absolutely levered it into the, into the net. Just just appreciated that as a goal. To be honest, that that sums up Burnley yeah. to me. If you look, if you look just really Sean closely, going, fucking it. If you look really closely, you can see Chris Wood shouting "fuck off" as he hits it. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that from Daichi. Daichi stood there going, "When you hit that ball, fuck you, share back." Oh yes, didn't me. So I was thoroughly wrong this weekend. Um, so in the next episode, um, you will have a forfeit to do, Simo, which is actually tomorrow. So, yeah, you'll enjoy that yes. one. Yes, we do have an episode tomorrow. We I'm totally, a- aware, totally aware of the schedule of Total Steamers because <laughs> I am, I'm very professional in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have an episode tomorrow. Um, so, Simo, we'll be doing a forfeit in that. So, yeah, listen out for that. Um, well, lovely stuff. <laughs> Looking forward Definitely. to that. Right. Um, Another thing, we've got a writer now. We've got our own writer. Like we're, we're, we're turning into a proper podcast, boys. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a writer now. Uh, it's my, it's my, my lovely girlfriend, Emma, who is, who is a fantastic writer, fantastically talented, and a huge football fan. Um, you can see her match day coverage every week on TotalScreamers.com. Um, so go there, have a read. It's really, really good stuff. And uh, yeah, like, like Jake says, we will be back fairly shortly. Um, cheerio, bye. Toodles.
Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.